you guys chill out? I'm trying to do a podcast. Welcome to Section 312. We have a great show for you guys this week. It is NFL Week 12 coming up. We recap Week 11. There was a great Monday night game, a shitty Sunday night game. The Blackhawks won four straight. The Bulls, still a mess. Marlon Jackson, Marlon Bishop stops by Section 312. The former Falcons fullback has a great conversation with us. Later on, we have an all-new Starting 5 featuring last week's guest Taylor Davis, the Starting 5 Thanksgiving guests you would have at your dinner table. Today's section is brought to you by our friends at Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a DFS app for prop bets. They have eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only the top-tier athletes that you can choose from. You you pick your players, guys. There's a, like 10 to 20 prop bets. You get two ICE picks that protect you from any late scratches, and they have over-under point values. So, for instance, will Tom Brady throw three touchdowns over-under three? You bet on that. It's easy, super simple, free money. And when you sign up, enter our code SEC312 for an instant match on your first deposit of up to $10. They will give you $10 by just entering our code SEC312, Thrive Fantasy. Check them out in the App Store today or go to thrivefantasy.com. Let's just start it off. Monday Night Football. It was a great game. I thought it was a great game until Phillip Rivers threw four picks throughout the entire game. The last one being in the crucial moments of the final drive of the game. But that's with Tyreek Hill not playing for the Chiefs. Yeah, I didn't watch. I didn't watch any of the game. Was was the field really that bad as everyone was saying it was? Yeah, the field was pretty bad. Uh, after every single play, I felt uh, every player kind of ran for oxygen because the field was like 7,000 feet in the air. It was higher than Denver's Mile High Stadium. So it had to have definitely played a factor. Maybe uh, Philip Rivers' lungs were just not good enough to make deep throws like that because he was just handing the ball over. Well, it seems like that's what he's been doing a lot this year is just like as opposed to years past where he's just heaving it all over the all over the field regardless of whoever's out there and and like like I mentioned I shared shared a meme with with you guys that I thought was perfect to sum up Philip Rivers where it's uh an NBA player who heaves the ball from the other part of the court into the crowd like doesn't even get close to the basket just heaves it into the crowd of random people and the caption for that meme was Philip Rivers throwing into triple coverage <laughs> On, in any Chargers game, and I think that's uh, I think it's safe to say that that's true. Is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? Uh, no. I mean, the man throws for about five thousand yards every single year. I, I don't think he should be. I mean, he's never really won anything. I, I you know, it's not a regular season achievement. He's the Hall of Famer. Yeah, because I don't even think because he hasn't even been close to any MVP races either. Like it'd be it'd be different because obviously like the standard for quarterbacks to make the Hall of Fame who never won titles is you look at Dan Marino, 
But Dan Marino, as a regular season quarterback, right. was legendary. Phillip Rivers, I don't think, really categorizes as a as a legendary regular season QB. So the Chiefs got to bring in like the passing too. You know, it's spread out more passing now than there ever was. It kind of saturates the numbers a little bit. So the Chiefs ended up winning in Mexico City. You know, I. I personally, I don't like the fact that they go to London, they go to Mexico to do all these games. I don't, I don't like it. I really don't. I think no team wins in that situation. I understand, you know, the league's trying to make money and you know get a broader audience by go and entertain these fans by going to these places. But it's like, what? I don't really get it. You, you're hurting for money that bad, or what? Like. I think the London. I agree with you with the London thing. I've I've hated the London games for ever since they've done it. And even though I think back back in the day, I think doing like one doing one game in London, I thought was kind of a cool idea because then that's you know you're getting that audience. But now they do it like almost half the season. There's a week where there's a team in London. I think that's ridiculous. The having the games in Mexico, I don't. I I personally think that that's a good idea because if when it comes to like expansion too, I really hate the idea that they're considering putting a team in London when you could just put a team in Mexico and travel wise, it wouldn't mess everything up. Financially, it wouldn't be a big deal because people would love to go down and hang out in Mexico for a weekend and catch a football game, <laughs> just like they'll do when, when the Raiders go to Vegas. I just think like they should stop looking at moving a team to London and they should focus on if they're going to put a team anywhere, quote unquote, international, then I think it should be in Mexico. What would we call the team? Is it an expansion team or we're going to relocate a team? Well, either way, like if if, if, they're, if you're going to take like, let's just say the Jaguars, for instance, or the Chargers. Uh, if they, you know, if, if they get moved instead of moving them all the way to London, which is just going to cause logistical problems for everybody, why not just move them down South to Mexico? Cause like I said, that's not going to affect travel at all. And it's easy. It'll be easier for us fans to want to go see a Mexico team as well. Yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, I still don't, I mean, I f- still feel like it's a lot of traveling. Well, true, but like, just think about it. Though. Like, it's you don't have to hop over a body of water to go see the London football team. When you all you have to do is, I get well, I guess crossing the border could be an issue in itself, but but it would just be so much easier to stay in your own country to go to a football game than to have to go out to London. You know, speaking, yeah, I don't of- see the thing happening though. Um, the, there's like this crazy conversion with taxes and stuff, and I, I just don't know how they would make it work. Yeah, they outlined like a baseline, uh, you know, contract that's like two hundred fifty thousand would be down to like, like under a hundred. It would be like like sixty or eighty thousand or something like that after you do all the you know conversions and everything. So they're just taking so much of their money. But speaking of going to games, I will tell you I will not be going to any Bears games because that was an embarrassing shitty ass Sunday night football game that should have been flexed out of prime time. Speak for yourself. I'll be there this Sunday to watch the to watch the Bears Giants. I'm so sorry you have to watch that. I'm not. <laughs> Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones will be there. Yeah. You're going <laughs> to watch the Giants. That's how bad the Bears are. Like 
the Bears are so bad. We can't kick. We thought we had the answer. Definitely not the answer. Eddie Money is Eddie Broke. Uh, the coach is nuts running options to the left side of the field when that's the short side of the field. And then huddling with Mitch as he cries. And this is what I want to ask you guys. What do you think he said to Mitch? Probably tried to tried to tell uh, try to get their story straight for the post game press conference because both of them are absolutely out of their mind when it comes to trying to cover things up. I like that answer. That's good. Like, because that's what that's what blew my mind about this entire situation with Trubisky and his quote unquote injured hip was first you have Trubisky who says. I injured my hip in the second half, but we reevaluated it during halftime. None of that makes any sense. Part two, Nagy in his press conference saying, yeah, we noticed something was wrong a few series earlier, but we wanted to leave him out there. So you're going to leave your supposedly franchise quarterback against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Clay Matthews of the Rams when he supposedly has has an injured hip. Like... That just makes zero sense. He he did cry, though. I think he actually was crying. So? People I, cry I, all the time. I personally believe that Nagy told him, look, you're not the guy. We're done making you the guy. You're going to fake an injury and sit your ass down so I can explain to people for when I get interviewed next uh, year <laughs> for these positions after I get canned. <laughs> on why we're playing so bad. So he's like, Mitch, I'm sorry, but I'm using you as the scapegoat to save my own ass, which he should. Well, but that's what kills me too, is the whole idea of if, if the injury was fake, which I, I truly believe it was. Oh yeah. Cause all of a sudden, Oh, he has a hip problem. Oh, okay. But why was it? Why could like, they were the worst actors ever about trying to make it seem like it was real because He's walking around perfectly fine. Why is he not like just sitting on the bench talking to a trainer? Why is he not in the blue tent? Why is he not in the locker room? I think that would have been the smartest thing because at least then people could have been like, oh, man, this actually might be legit. Like he's like it's so bad he's not even on the field. Even if he was perfect, even if he was perfectly fine, which he probably is, you could they could have done so much more to like mask it. So, I mean, somebody else that's perfectly fine but wasn't on the field, Cleo Mack had zero stats for the game. It's like he it's like he wasn't even there. Yeah, I mean, something that uh, wait, uh, my, my dad brought up over when we were watching the game uh, Sunday, too, like, I think the loss of Akeem Hicks is really starting to weigh on, on Khalil Mack because – as you as you see with a lot of teams, like when you have one star defensive lineman, it's easy for offenses to like to double team those guys and try to stop them, like the Bears did with Donald for the majority of the game. You that's your focus. But when teams have multiple star defensive linemen, like the Bears had with Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack, there's only so much you can do, and you can't double team either of those guys because then the other one's obviously going to break loose. So you have Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks on single you know, guard coverage and they can do what they do. But Mack, 
is just getting his ass kicked because he's the only one on the defensive front that can do anything. So we're all in agreement, though, that the Bears season is just completely done. Yeah, I think that's I think that's safe to say. Wait, man, it's not even like we can root for the Bulls because they're not doing any damn better. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Go battle Hawks. Right. or fuck it. Let's get to it right now. You <laughs> you went to the Bulls game yesterday. Yes, sir. Tell me, I, I didn't I didn't see it. I saw highlights. Tell me about the Benny of the Bull thing with Robin Lopez. Oh well, one of the one of the highlights of of Robin Lopez's tenure in Chicago was that him and Benny the Bull had this like hysterical relationship where they would always like mess around with each other. Like which Benny the Bull, by the way, best mascot in all of professional sports. Non biased opinion, but like him and Robin Lopez, because they're both like really good characters in them in themselves, would just always have this like goofy relationship, and so. This was the first time that Robin Lopez had been back in Chicago since leaving the Bulls, so it was a it was a touching little moment for for Benny and uh, and Robin to reunite. I'm gonna be perfectly honest. I didn't I didn't pay much attention to the game at all because since it was Greek night, uh, I was hanging out with a bunch of Greek people. Some some that I've never met before until last night, and some that I haven't seen in like three or four years. So. And and we were sitting in like the 330 level, like we were just way up up top. And so, primarily, like all we cared about was watching Giannis play. And we had these cool hats that they gave us that you had to be on a list for because it was Greek nights. So they were like, "Yeah, are you Greek? Oh, you're not. Then you don't get this damn hat. Oh, you you're Greek. I right, you can have this hat. And it's a dope ass hat. And it's like my favorite hat ever. But, um. So yeah, we didn't pay much attention to the game itself, but uh, Gian- like watching Giannis play was pretty damn cool, and uh, and then, but there were like a lot of highlights. Though. Like Gafford was amazing. Wendell Carter Jr. had a couple putback slams and an alley oop. So like the Bulls really did show off their athleticism, but I wasn't too surprised when they lost by 14. Yeah, that seems to be a common theme. You know, we keep it close and then get blown out in the fourth. But I blame that mostly on Jim Boylan because he doesn't know how to manage a fucking game. And it's just so disappointing. Yeah, not only that, but we really I feel like I feel like we have a big lack of depth with the Chicago Bulls. And I mentioned it to to some people last night, too. Like when Ryan Archie Diacono is a guy who gets like a consistent amount of minutes and productivity on your team, I feel like that's a big issue. Yeah, because I feel like that <laughs> even, you know... Shows where you're at. <laughs> like, when, he, when he's, like, your number one... When he's, like, your first backup point guard, I feel like that's that's a bit of a problem. Which makes no sense, because we have so many point guards. Well, it, I feel like what, the, what they're doing now is I think they're trying to transition Chris Dunn to being more of a, of a shooting guard, but... He's been non-existent at all. Like, you want to talk about Khalil Mack against the Rams. When's the last time you've heard anything about Chris Dunn this year? Yeah, he's not He's not the greatest. But, you know, the wheels have been turning about Laurie Markkinen. Is he, like, broken? Is it because he gained some more weight and muscle? He's kind of having a hard time moving around. There's talks of sending him down to the G League. But... See, you were that you you put that in the show outline, but I'm confused because I th- I I thought Lowry Marketing was having a decent year so far. I mean, like 
he shoots a little bit more than I think we would we would like him to, but that's what every every big man does nowadays. But he's like he's the big man that runs around like doesn't play big man, you know. He he tries to play the three from a four position. Yeah, I mean I can I could I could see that. I think he's just I think he's just trying to figure out what exactly like what exactly he is because like he is tall and like he's trying to get bigger but like in this nba you you there's not really a lot of like true big men anymore and i think he's just trying to figure out am i a three-point shooting big man you know am i dirk or am i you know someone like anthony davis who can play big but also shoot Yeah, I don't know, but the Bulls are a mess. I don't even want to talk about them anymore. It's just they'll lose $130. It's going to be a very disappointing season. But you know what? It's time for Matt's moment. He's sitting there so quiet. He's had his moment for the past, like, 20 minutes as we're recording. So I'm going to give you your moment before we get into our uh, selection 3-1-2 for this week. Don't let me stop what you're doing, man. I'm just listening and enjoying myself over here, just listening. Learning some things about Chicago sports. Um, so I want to take things to the college athletics realm of things. Uh, just something I saw this morning on ESPN's Facebook page. I'm a little late to the party uh, as it was posted on the 16th, which was a Saturday. But um, Kansas versus Monmouth. Okay. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Monmouth. Monmouth. Monmouth my bad. Kansas versus Monmouth, okay? They are down by 55 points with 15 seconds left, right? And uh, the Kansas player, I don't know, number 13, uh, he was dribbling the ball out, you know? But, uh, you know, George Pappas had other things in mind. Shout out to the Greeks. Shout out to the Greeks, George (laughs) Pappas. Dude, he steals the ball when he's not looking and then dribbles it down to his end of the court and dunks that shit. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I loved that. Chest. Yeah, man, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, and it was awesome. He got teched, <laughs> but I, I absolutely loved it. Um, that was fantastic. And, shout um, to, shout out to the Greeks. Yeah. George. Pop, holy crap. I've seen it. Oh, it's terrific. Cause it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's totally like the most, like selfishly unselfish play you'll ever see in your life. Cause really there was no point in him doing that at all. Other than to like basically just show out for five seconds. But it's also like, like I said, it's totally like a selfish move, but at the same time you could be like, Oh, well he was proving a point that you should try hard at every given second. But it's like, eh, he kind of no. just wanted to add a highlight reel dunk against Kansas. Like that was basically it. I don't even buy that angle. Like, clearly he knows he lost, okay? The whole team gave up a long time ago. But I think he did it because uh, he was saying, uh, frick you guys, running up the score on us until 15 seconds left. You yeah, know? but, like, but that's, I mean, that's that kind of matchup, though. Like, Kansas against Monmouth. Like, Monmouth's getting paid by Kansas to lose by 50. So, like, normally... In those matchups, everyone, yeah, they just they just sit around and do nothing, and that's why I'm I, that's why I call it like it's you can it can it's a selfish play, but it's also unselfish because it's like 
at the same time, like I said, he's trying to make a highlight real play for himself. But at the same time, he, you know, some people could say, oh, well, he's just showing that you should try really hard, like, regardless of the score. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, to bring it back to uh, – oh, sorry, sir. What were you saying? I was just saying I don't like Kansas, so that, I would enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Kansas ever since 2007. Okay. Well, yeah, and, uh, Speaking of 2007 I and the Salukis, the football team is doing pretty good so far. Uh, they are ranked number 25 in the nation as far as FCS and CAA goes. That's fantastic. That's the first time they've been. That's the first time they were ranked since like 2011, right? Yeah, and and they've got some dope Christmas sweaters that you can buy now too. I have mine from a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, they've been selling them. Oh, I thought they like just started selling them. How much? Huh? I don't know. They're forty-five bucks. Fuck that! I'll no, make think, no. <laughs> you think about it though, and I was telling someone else about this. With when it comes to Christmas sweaters, and I should know because I have two of them. But you spend the money, and you never have to buy like another Christmas sweater ever. So you spend like fifty bucks to get your Christmas sweater. You wear it once a year for like thirty years. That's like the best investment ever. <laughs> That that's pretty good. Never thought about. Because like, how often do you actually wear a Christmas sweater? You wear it maybe twice, maybe three times. Twice. The one I have is a, a sweatshirt with a uh, with a little bit of a SIU design on it, and uh, it looks like a Christmas sweater, so it works. Uh, I got mine a couple years ago. Well, I've got two. I've got like my tradition. I've got like a traditional like Christmas sweater. It's got a penguin. He's like skating, and he's got a sweater on himself. But then I've got my party Christmas sweater where it's a Christmas sweater vest and it lights up and it says, let's get lit. Oh, that's epic. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> wore that, but, uh, wore that, yeah. I wore that out for my 21st birthday. <laughs> Southern Illinois ranked number 25. They're playing against number one, North Dakota State uh, on Saturday in Carbondale. Is that the Jackrabbits? No, they're the Bison. That's where Carson Wentz all right, yeah, Matt. Catch that, yeah, catch that shit on ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> was that your moment? <laughs> that was my moment, that entire thing, yeah. That was a pretty damn good moment. <laughs> Matt's moment, it was a good moment. Now let's just take it. We'll keep rolling with the segments here. Let's just roll right into Selection 312 for this week. In a quick recap of last week, we all broke even, including the guest, the guest picker. We all lost our upset picks, but we won our locks, and our extra points. It was a little bit of a hiccup there with the Niners. I got nervous for you a little bit there, but they were able to hold it hold it together and get you, get you those two points. But all four of us, including the guest picker, we broke even for the first week of doing Selection 312. And so last week, the guest picker was my dad, Mr. Paul Sneed. This week, our guest picker is a friend of the show, Mr. Bryce Thompson. Once upon a time, he was a Saluki for like a semester and a half. Um, but still go dogs. He cheers the dogs on. And so he is our guest picker for this week. And so starting things off with him, he is picking the Carolina Panthers for his upset pick. He wants the Ravens in a lock. And he is a Tennessee Titan fan to the core. So, of course, he's picking the Titans for his extra point. Now, let's take it down for our upsets. Absolutely. Do you want me to go first? Do it. All right. I like, in my upset, 
I like the Dallas Cowboys upsetting the New England Patriots. Dak is Dak Prescott is Dak Prescott is due to have a good game against a good team, and the Patriots' offense kind of stinks. So as long as Dallas can score a couple touchdowns against the Patriots, they could win this game. Please don't tell me that because I'm benching Dak this week for Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, I, I'm contemplating not starting him as well because while I'm confident that the Cowboys are going to win, there's another side of me. I'm kind of 50-50. Dak's either going to have a great game or he's going to just do terrible. But I'm trying to be optimistic here. Yeah, because the Packers are also in Sunday night. So it's like I really want to watch Aaron Rodgers in that game. <laughs> All right, for my upset this week, I am going to go like Vance did last week. I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins over the Cleveland Browns. I like it. I like that. Well, at least you'll know that there's no Miles Garrett playing in that game, so I guess the Dolphins will have a better chance. Less likely for a helmet attack, too. For my upset, this might be kind of tough to hear, but I'm going to take the Giants over the Bears. Low-key, that's not... I don't think that's a bad pick. Like, are we even shocked? <laughs> right. It's, I hate to say it, but it's like... I, I was between that one or the Eagles, and I'm like, Eagles over Seahawks, and I'm like, man, honestly, I feel like the Giants have a better chance to win Loki, I don't think the Giants are underdogs. I think the Bears are. <laughs> well, the fact that it's in Chicago is what is probably what makes it is probably what makes the Giants yeah. being the underdogs for sure. I haven't looked at it like that distinctly yet, but <laughs> that's a bold. I like I like that. That's a bold choice. That's what I'm here for on the show. I like bold statements. I like it. I like it. I'm saying I want to take a bold one here. Like, <laughs> hey, you know. If- I'm happy either way, like whatever. I can't lose now. Yeah. So there we go. We got the Cowboys, Panthers, Dolphins, and Giants. Everyone's upset picks for the week. Moving to the locks, I'm going with nobody bet on the third nobody picked the Thursday night game last week. I'm going with the Thursday night game and I'm picking the Houston Texans in a lock. After getting after getting their dicks kicked in by the Ravens. They're returning. They're returning home to Houston. They're returning home to Houston. Indy is probably going to have no T.Y. Hilton. Marlon Mack broke his damn hand. Jack Doyle sucks, and Jacoby Brissett has who knows who he's even going to throw to anymore. So I, I like the Texans in a lock. Quentin, can I tell a story? Tell it. Dan Schwartz one time said that they'll knock your dicks in the dirt, and that's why I was laughing so hard when he said that. <laughs> Schwartz, our teacher at you know, high school, he said that one time at a practice football, and I was like laughing so fucking hard. I wanted to laugh, but you couldn't laugh because you get in trouble. What? Yeah, so right now, I just I'm like, fuck it. What do you mean you couldn't laugh? Well, I'm like, because, you know, it was a, he was being dead ass. Like, it wasn't a joke. Like, he was, he was like a serious, like, moment, like, after practice or something. Like, you know, if you guys don't do this and you don't do that, they're going to knock your dick in the dirt. And he was talking about Cole City, and it was just like, what the fuck? Who says that? Like, such and a weird know. reference. Probably not be a comedian. Because <laughs> that's what he is. He's a comedian. 
<laughs> yeah, it was like it was so weird. Like, like what the fuck? Like dicks in the dirt? Like, was it 1966? Like what happened? But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so the Houston Texans are Jeremy's lock. I'm gonna choose my lock, and I am not the only one that circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the Bills over the Broncos as my lock. Are you are you becoming an honorary member of Bills Mafia? I haven't broken the table yet, so I, I haven't <laughs> gone through initiation yet. But there's still time. I will definitely ride the Oregon Trail with these uh, <laughs> Bills. <laughs> All right, then I'm gonna take the Saints for my Saints Panthers and the yeah, got off at home, and then you're going to go on the road to the Saints, who I still think are one of the better teams in the NFL. I just, yeah, I don't see it happening. Solid. Solid choices there. So there we go. We got the Texans. Our guest picker, Bryce, picked the Ravens for his lock. We have the Bills, and we have the Saints as well. And then moving into the extra points, the least exciting of the three, I am going to take the Raiders as my extra point. They're hitting the road to face the Jets, but I still like the fighting Grudens and the Raiders as my extra point. My extra point, you know, this was a toss-up. You know, this really was a toss-up. But my extra point for this week, I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I like it. I like it. Extra point, I'll take the Steelers over the Bengals. They haven't won all year. They don't look like they want to win. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking the Steelers. Even despite all their questions, they got a good defense. I don't see that team beating them. The Bengals The Bengals are riding the blow for Burrow train. <laughs> Chasing Young for Joe Burrow or something. <laughs> There's like a joke on bags. On the, they have like bags over their faces. Like with Chase Young and Joe Burrow. I thought that was pretty so there we go, the extra points, Raiders, Bryce took the Titans, Falcons for Quinton, and the Steelers. We will check back in on that next week, and hopefully we'll have some we'll, – someone will get some points because right now we're, we're all at zero. So it could be worse, but definitely could be better. This week sitting in Section 312, we have former Falcons fullback Marlon Jackson – now known as Marlon Bishop of RMP Wrestling. Yes, you go from the NFL to arena football to wrestling. Marlon Jackson sits in Section 312. I'm pumped. It was a great interview. Here's our interview with Marlon Bishop. Now sitting in Section 312, we have Marlon Jackson, a.k.a. Marlon Bishop. Marlon, thanks for taking the time to come on the podcast. And I'm going to let you start it off here. Where do you want to start? You want to start in your present or in your past? Uh, I like the present. You want- it's pretty cool. All right, so in the present right now, you are wrestling under the name Marlon Bishop in the Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling out there in Colorado. I want to know, how did you come up with the name Marlon Bishop? Because that's a badass name. And two, where did you get it from? Well, I got the name Marlon uh, from my parents. Um, <laughs> that one was a no-brainer. Uh, no, but the Bishop, was, um, it's, a, it was, it's kind of a play on a Marvel character. Uh, the character Bishop from the X-Men. Um, it was presented to me by uh, Matt Yady. And I was like, uh, 
okay, I like it. Uh, what he did not know is that uh, in my in my family, um, my father is, as as well as my grandfather are bishops. So it so it meant something to me, uh, and it just made sense. So you you took the name Bishop, and now you're wrestling under Marlon Bishop. But when did you decide that you wanted to become a wrestler? Um, I've always loved wrestling. I've I've watched wrestling since I was about eight years old. I used to watch it with my grandfather, uh, who was who was passed away, but it's still very much alive in my heart. Um, and it was just something that I've always enjoyed. Um, and the opportunity came for me me to actually learn and be a part of it, so I jumped at it. So while you're wrestling, do you like getting cheered or booed more? Uh, it it varies. Uh, <laughs> it, um, it depends on if, if I'm being a heel or a face. Um, at Rocky Mountain Pro, I'm a, I'm a face, so of course I want to feed off the cheers. Uh, but if, if I am a heel, then I'm looking forward to the boos. Like I'm, I'm actually trying to get you to boo me. So right. it varies. Right. So for all of our listeners out there who don't know or don't follow Rocky Mountain Pro, can you just inform them, what's the name of your finisher and how did you come up with the idea to do your finisher for some of our listeners who may have never seen it before? Okay, so the finisher is called the World Bounce. Um, it was uh, kind of came up with by me and Alex Slack, um, who is our booker, uh, slash writer, slash everything guy. Um, who is also a very accomplished amateur wrestler as as well as pro wrestler. Uh, and we were going over moves that I could possibly do. Um, and I was thinking, I was like, well, what could I do from a fireman's carry? Because like the fireman's carry is seemingly very, very popular. Brock Lesnar starts his, his, his uh, finisher with the fireman's carry, John Cena, um, and several other wrestlers. Um, but I wanted to... Uh, kind of pay homage to a guy who, I, who who I've been a fan of since I can remember, Bill Goldberg, his jackhammer. Um, so his jackhammer starts with a suplex, and then he goes to like a front slam. Um, so I wanted to kind of go from the fireman's carry to a front slam, and um, just tossing around names, um, Alex was like, why don't we call it the robots? And I was like, Mm, tell me why he was like well you pretty much roll the people up and then you <laughs> dribble them off the canvas so you roll them and then you bounce them so i was like okay i like it roll bounce. right 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 it just has a nice ring to it and you kind of just made it into your own now that's awesome uh what is it have you gone through a table ever i have not i've, I've put a few guys tables though <laughs> Yeah, what to you know? I've always been curious what it feels like to go because we know that they're kind of breakaway tables. They're not you know fully sturdy tables, but they might be. I don't know the kayfabe acts here and there, but I want to know what it feels like to go through a table. Uh, I'm, I think it's pretty painful, it's, especially if it's if it's not done right. Uh, yes, it uh it is kind of gig so that it's uh, easy to go through, uh, but it's still a table <laughs> and you're still going through it, so. It's, not very comfortable. <laughs> so you've put guys through tables, which is going to lead me into my next question here. You're able to, you know, use some objects in matches, you know, like no disqualification matches and things like that. Triple H had the, has the sledgehammer. Sting had the bat. What is your go-to object that if it's there, you're going to grab it? Man, I haven't really had like an object. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty capable with my fist, so I'll, kind of use those uh 
but I have used the chair. I've, I've had a chair used on me, um, and I was able to return the favor. Uh, so currently, it's just a chair. That's the. So that's I mean, if I, if if you're big in using your fists, I don't know. Maybe one match, you pull out some brass knucks or something. Start, you know, bringing like those it. out. I like it. I like it. I, I I would I would love to do that, but I think that uh, someone may have used that before. <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, John Cena used it a couple times, but you got to play the spin on it somehow, make it your own thing. Uh, Absolutely. If you could wrestle anybody in the world, okay, alive or deceased at the moment, you know, not bringing them back, I don't know why at the moment, but any any wrestler sure. from any time, who would you want to face? Man, uh, that's an awesome question. I would want to face uh, me, uh, Ricky Steamboat. Really? Because he is, I mean, watching him growing up, he was just a phenomenal athlete. He his his ad libs during uh, matches, if you like watch, just like phenomenal. He's awesomely athletic. He was very very gifted as a wrestler as as well as a performer. So that's that's the guy that I would really want to wrestle. So what would you say that you're better at then? Are you better at in ring competition or are you better at the, holding the microphone and cutting a promo? I think that I'm pretty uh, well versed at uh, both. I would I would say currently it's more toward in ring competition. I, I haven't had a chance to really give give guys the business too much on the mic, uh, but so uh, currently it will be the in ring competition. So how how does that even come to you know become a thing? The the microphone promos is that something that you have to improvise on the spot, or you know you just think of a couple bullet points ahead of time? Like how does that work? I believe it is both. Um, you, you, if, if you can just be charismatic um, and also be able to deliver uh, with a punchline that is like a knockout blow, uh, you, you, you can be very effective on the mic. So you're in Colorado for RMP Wrestling. You guys travel around, but how did you personally end up in Colorado, and how did you personally link up with the RMP organization? Well, I came to Colorado uh, because I had a college teammate who was here. Um, I was transitioning. Uh, life happens. Uh, and he in, encouraged me to come to Colorado. I found a, well, I saw a Rocky Mountain Pro uh, flyer and I was like, okay, um, and I'll go check him out. Um, I actually went to check out a few different places in Colorado um, and Rocky Mountain Pro was the most inviting place for me at the time. So before you started wrestling at RMP, you actually played football, both NFL and arena. What did you like better and why? Uh, football, period. Uh, <laughs> indoors or or outdoors, it's, it's still a game of football. Um, you are literally one-on-one with a guy, the, the man in front of you, um, and if you can... Uh, think fast enough and react fast enough, you can literally beat a guy every play, and, and that's going to make him think. And once you get a guy thinking, it's very easy to beat him. So uh, just the game of football, the strategic standpoint, um, the physicality standpoint, uh, literally using your body as a weapon um, to just... Uh, just straight lay people out. Basically, yes, uh, or run by them. Uh, so, yeah, because that's gonna lead. That's perfect segue here. You played fullback and linebacker. What did you personally think that you were better at? And when did you take the hardest hit of your career? Or when did you give somebody the hardest hit of your career? 
uh, it was actually at running back for like both. I took the hardest hit uh, in a game versus the Ravens when I was playing for the Falcons, and it was by uh, the great Ray Lewis who uh, promptly informed me that I was letting my grandmother, and he called her by name, <laughs> down. And I looked at him like, wait a minute, what? Like, how do you? Uh, what? But um, after the game, he just said that that was just something that, something that he does. He's like, he, he does, doesn't just study the game. He studies his opponent. Now, I wasn't the starter at the time, but for him to know information about my background, where I'm from, like even like streets uh, that, wow. <laughs> that I lived on, I'm like, wait a minute, this guy is like saying some crazy stuff. But it, it, was, it was all to get in your head. If, like I said earlier, if, if, if you can get someone thinking about something other than the game of football, then you got them. So the, the, he was the hardest hit that I had taken, and the hardest hit that I, that I had given uh, was on a special teams play. It was an onside kick. And unfortunately, I put this gentleman out. I don't know what his name is, but he was number 39 for the Colts. Uh, but uh, he, he went down, and they had to take him off the field. Wow. You, you straight up took him out the game. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, I'm glad you brought up Atlanta. Are you a Madden fan? I I do enjoy Madden from time to time, yes, sir. Okay, so when you were on Atlanta, your quarterback was Michael Vick. Was there any talk ever in the locker room about how unfair it was to use him in Madden? Always, because everybody wanted to play with him. Uh, um, but his uh, Madden stats did not even, could not equate to what he actually did in like person. So like see this man run in like the flesh is like, wait, he can't be human. Like really? Come on, man. So but he was that gifted. He was he was that that fast. Like I, I don't I don't think that I've seen a faster human in my life. He was just was so fast in real life and in the game. It felt like I didn't know which was faster, him being in real life or in the game. They were so close to speeds. Like it was crazy. Absolutely accurate. Yes, sir. Who would you say, while you were playing in the NFL, was the one teammate that gave you the most advice or treated you as if you were, you know, the most family in the team locker room? Um, I have the fortunate opportunity to have several people. Um, when I when I first started with the Jets, it was uh, two of the running backs. It was Richie Anderson and Curtis Martin, um, who pretty much took me under their wing, uh, Curtis like challenged me um, in a in a way that you wouldn't think that like a, a person who you are com- competing against, kind of, but on the same team would like do it. Um, Kurt would, uh, we would like after like practice, we would go and and watch film of like not only practice of like our upcoming opponent, and he would say what he would do, and then ask me what I would do, and then critique me, and then ask me to do the same to him. And I would be like, Kurt, there's nothing that I can say <laughs> to you that's really going to be um, groundbreaking or anything. But then he said something to me. He said, it's, it's not that he is so good, but everyone's perspective is different. And if he can have someone else's perspective and add it to his, it only makes him better. And he made me better at the same time. So that was in New York. Um, when I was in Denver, it was Mike Anderson. A completely unselfish guy in every way, shape, or form. Um, not only on the field, but off the field. Also, he was similar to Curtis. Michael was very much a teacher. Um, would would li- literally walk us through things and be like, "Okay, so here's why this works. Here's why this this doesn't work." 
um, when I was in Atlanta, uh, the in the entire running back room, um, I, I was I was best to be around. Ward Dunn, um, Justin Griffith, Fred McQuarrie, um, T.J. Duckett, uh, Jerry Snorwood, um, and we all would come together, and everyone wanted to see everyone do better. Um, some of the most unselfish men that I've ever met in my life. Uh, so I've been very, very uh, blessed and very fortunate. So you've had quite a life so far, and you still got a lot of ways to go. I want to thank you for taking the time to sit in Section 312. I got one final question here before I let you go. Back when you were playing football, what would you say would have been your favorite stadium to go play at? Or, you know, just to, whether you were on a home team or not, like what was your favorite venue that might have been the nicest, had the best, you know, staff? What was that one place that you felt like was home that maybe you didn't have to play a home game at? Well, it really wasn't that that uh, the stadium was nice. It was the atmosphere in Philadelphia um, at the Vet. Ironically, uh, the fans were just so avid about their team. Um, they they didn't get uh, too disrespectful, like as for like throwing things. But they would they would literally try to have a conversation with you on the sideline while you're walking in and in and out of the tunnel. Um, and the atmosphere there was just a very unique one like the fan base has been there for i don't know how long but they they live and breathe their philadelphia eagles uh so that was the best place um just because of the atmosphere what was the one place that wasn't so nice that you just were dreading every time you had to go there where you could just hear the locker room just let out a huge sigh oh man uh that was indianapolis um it just wasn't just a nice place to be, and we would seemingly always go when it was snowing. Uh, so it just it was it was a dreary place. Uh, but we had to have our A game on because Peyton Manning was there at the time. So right, right, right. Well, Marlon, thank you for taking the time out of your day to sit in section three one two. I wish you the best in R and P, and I'm really looking forward to you pulling out those brass knucks and you know using them in the match. My man, now I'm really thinking, so I may have to do that. Thank you guys so much for your time, also. And that interview with Marlon Jackson slash Marlon Bishop was brought to you by our good friends at Karaoke Adventure. You guys want the best entertainment around besides sitting in Section 312 on a weekly basis? How about just going out to a random bar and finding out that Karaoke Adventure is there? You know, they have everything you need, the PAs, the TV, the mics, the lighting, everything you need for a singing good time. You get a couple shots of tequila in you, and you're ready to just go up there and sing some Country Roads by John Denver or some Sweet Caroline you know, whatever's floating your boat that night. Or you could even sing I'm on a boat, lonely yes. style. Yes. Carry the adventure. Give him a call today. Give Eric Michaels a call. 773-732-6597. Go follow them on Facebook to see videos and much, much more. Karaoke Adventure at Facebook.com today. Guys, they do everything. They do bars, they do birthday parties, family gatherings, block parties, just a night with friends, whatever you want. If you're in the mood, just give them a call. Karaoke Adventure, proud sponsor of the show, OG sponsor. Go check them out. Karaoke Adventure, that shit's dope. So I am giving, for this week, my updated top 10 NFL teams right now. Call it power rankings if you want, but these are my the teams I like right now heading forward into the NFL, the rest of the NFL season. So getting things started at number 10, I like the Kansas City Chiefs. Even though they won last night, 
I still think that there's some issues there. Mahomes doesn't look healthy to me. The running game is still, I think, a little iffy. Their defense is rough. So I still think there's a lot of room for the Chiefs to improve. But sometimes sometimes offense can win you games. And that, that was almost how it went for the Chiefs last year. Um, but I do think they need they need some help. At number nine, in in Jerry Jones, we trust. I've got the Dallas Cowboys as my number nine team. I think coming up this week, if they can beat the Patriots, which I already said I think they can do, I think that'll really solidify their chances of being a contender in the NFC postseason. So it's the Chiefs, then the Cowboys. At number eight, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo (laughs) Bills, number eight. People need to respect the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen is terrific. John Brown having a sneaky, terrific season. Ten straight 50 uh, receiving yard games. He's terrific. Devin Singletary, good young running back. The Bills at number eight. Number seven, the Minnesota Vikings. After everyone counted them out after the loss to the Bears, the Vikings have rattled off a lot of impressive wins and, and comeback wins. 20 nothing at halftime, losing to the Broncos. They came back and were able to defeat them. So Chiefs, Cowboys, Bills, Vikings. Number six, the New Orleans Saints. Mainly, they're at number six strictly because it is just a stacked top five in in the NFL. So the Saints at number six, mainly because there's there's just five better teams better than them. Number five, the New England Patriots are my number five team as of right now. Like I mentioned before, their offense kind of stinks. Their defense is really good. They're down to like their third string kicker, which could be an issue. And as a Bears fan, I know that kicking can be an issue. So the Patriots are at number five until they can prove that their offense is as good as it used to be. Number four, the Green Bay Packers. This Sunday night is going to be very interesting to see where they stack up as they face off against the San Francisco 49ers. But Aaron Rodgers, terrific as always. The running game is actually a factor for the Packers for once and their wide receiver core. Devontae Adams and then a bunch of no-name guys, but they're actually playing pretty well. So the Packers are number four. Now my top three NFL teams right now, the San Francisco 49ers are my number three team. They don't really have that many impressive wins on their resume so far, and they almost lost to the Cardinals at home over the weekend, so I feel like that nicks them a little bit, and they are my number three team. My number two team is the team that beat the 49ers. That is the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson's on an MVP caliber season. Chris Carson is terrific. DK Metcalf is coming into his own. Plus, Jacob Hollister is looking good at the tight end position, and they added Josh Gordon. That is a dangerous, dangerous team. And my number one team right now in the National Football League, he is the MVP right now, Mr. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Also, my Super Bowl pick as of right now, that the Ravens are going to win it all. So the top 10 NFL teams, according to me, Chiefs, Cowboys, Bills, Vikings, Saints, Top five, Patriots, Packers, Niners, Seahawks, Ravens, at me, Sneed Jair on Instagram if you have any problems. <laughs> Quinn's going to talk to you right now. <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens will not even make it. It's going to end up being the New England Patriots versus the San Francisco 49ers in Gross. Master versus the Prodigy Gross. Ultimate Game. And Jimmy G 
is going to take down Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Here's where you're wrong, and I like you, but here's where you're wrong. The Niners are going to lose to the Packers this weekend. The Niners are not even going to make the Super Bowl because it's going to be Packers-Ravens, the battle of the veteran against the youngster, and Lamar Jackson is going to take it to Aaron Rodgers. You see, there's a problem with that, though. The Ravens will not make the Super Bowl. The Packers. Give me a good reason why, Mr. Quentin Michaels. What is your reason why? Because they have to go through New England. They already beat them. Not in New England during oh, New England. Damn what? where it was. It could have been in Mexico on that terrible field, but the Ravens already beat the Patriots. No. No. <laughs> yes, they did. Dude, just they place did. money on it if you're that confident. All right. I'll throw a hundred bucks that says the Ravens don't even make the Super Bowl. Sneed, you gotta back that up. I'm not a betting man. Yeah. Unless we're at a casino. <laughs> That's what I thought. I'm already invested in too many gambling things. In two fantasy basketball leagues, three fantasy football leagues, probably fantasy baseball again. I can't yeah. bet dinner, but you have to pick your Super Bowl winner. You can't just say they're not gonna make the you're not they're not gonna make it. I already Where? picked my Super Bowl winner. So you took the Patriots? No, I'm taking the Niners. The Niners? You never said that. Yes, I did. I said Jimmy G will beat Tom Brady in the Super <sighs> Oh, I guess I wasn't paying attention. Um, all right, you take the you take the you take the Niners, I take the Ravens. If either of those teams win, then you got to buy dinner or like it's a or it's nothing happens. If it's if it's the field, nothing happens. Okay. This ball guy of the week is Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre made headlines because he is apparently working on Kanye's new album, Jesus is King Part 2. And it's going to be fire. Dr. Dre, Kanye West, fire combination, dream combination, Jesus is King Part 2, ball guy of the week, Dr. Dre. I mean, it, I it thought, can't... I th- Sorry, sir. I, um, I thought I thought you picked uh, Dre because he finally made beats that weren't garbage. Oh, <laughs> Matt Gross coming in with the hot take. You know, the beats by Dre, the headphones, <laughs> trash until recently. <laughs> I just hope a little new I just hope Dr. Dre comes in and actually helps Kanye put out something better than Jesus is King, because that was terrible. You're Okay, you're done. You're done. <laughs> I liked his I liked his Yay album. His Yay album was good, but then to come out with Jesus is King after all that hoopla and it's going to be called Yandi and then it's this and then oh, it's going to come out here and then it's not going to come out and we have to finish up the touches. Like think about it. Think about how anticipated some people actually were for that damn album and instead they could have just went to church to listen to someone preach over a beat. Like that was crazy. Okay, but you realize that Yandi was a whole separate album that got leaked online, and what he created was a whole different album. Well, maybe he should have stuck with Yandi. Jesus is King was great. Don't listen to Jeremy. He's not a true Kanye fan. So I miss the old Kanye. They, they made a song about you guys, Sneed. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I forgot what song it was. I missed the old Kanye. You need to listen to that one because he's talking right to they you. Did, they did the <laughs> SNL skit like that, too. <laughs> so that is our ball guy of the week, Dr. Dre. And now to end out the show, it is 
probably all of our favorite segment. It is the starting five. This week's starting five is your Thanksgiving guests that you would have at your dinner table. Before we let you go, we do a segment here on the show called the Starting Five. Okay, it's kind of like a Mount Rushmore play on where, and we tied into our own effect. You know, basketball, you start five players, so we have a topic, and you got to start your best five for that topic. For next week's topic, and we're gonna edit this out and cut it into where it's gonna fit into next week. It is the starting five Thanksgiving guests you would love to have at your dinner table. Now they can be dead, alive cartoons, cinema characters, just the best five people that you could imagine to be at your Thanksgiving dinner table. Who would they be and why? Okay. Um, I'm going to go Kevin James. I've always thought that he, he was always the one actor that if like you could hang out with somebody in real life, it was Kevin James. Um, so Kevin James is on there. Oh my goodness. Um, Five. Uh, <laughs> what's the brother's name and in, in Step Brothers? The guy that has all the, the stories. Enough with the stories. Uh, oh, 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 uh, uh, Derek. Yeah, Derek. Derek. Derek's on there. <laughs> hey, Derek. He's got the stories. Um, those two. Um, honestly, I, I'm probably taking LeBron because. No matter what sport we end up playing that day, I'm going to win if I got LeBron. <laughs> that's that's so true. Okay, so I'm going to take LeBron. Um, oh, man. Uh, this is another Cubs, Cubs name for you. Muninori Kawasaki. Oh, yes. He is. So, you know, some people have seen, like, his interviews. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. He is worth every dollar. He is every bit of what you see. I've said for years that I would pay him whatever you wanted to, to never play. I don't care if the guy ever plays like he is incredible. Um, it, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable, but yeah, Kawasaki's in there. Oh man, I'm in four. I need a leader. I need like a good, strong leader. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to. Um, goodness, I don't know. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll take a character from uh, from Suits. I want to take Harvey from Suits. You've ever seen the show Suits? I've heard of I have heard of Suits. I have never watched it, so I'm gonna have to look that one up. Actually, you know what? You know what? I lied. I lied. Take him out. I'm taking a trio. Okay, they're gonna be my fifth though. That's fine. Three It's the three dudes from Workaholics. That's so solid. That is such a solid starting five. You get Durge, you get Blade. That's great. That's so good. Jeremy, I'm going to let you pick the number first. It's one through 50 this time to make it even more random. Oh, you're such a dick. Um, sorry, did I say that out loud? Um. <laughs> One through 50? 25, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Matt? <laughs> he took my pick. Um, we would share it if you want. I'm going to go with 26, Bob. Oh, what Man. a dick. What are we on? Price is right? Yes. That's why I said Bob. 
Vance is going to take uh, just to fuck with Jeremy. Oh, my God. I, I, I was almost like, I'm like, I should just take 27 and piss him off. Or you can just say uh, one. You can, you can take 27. Yeah, you can take 27. <laughs> Please do. I hope it's 26. I'm, I'm going to take five just for the low end. I'll, just, I'll play the low end. <laughs> the number was 17. Oh, God dang it. So, Jeremy, you are the closest. Oh, my God. Where do you want to go? I feel I feel so honored. <laughs> All right, I'll give me the number one pick then. Damn it! Finally, he doesn't say he doesn't care. Matt, well, yeah, well, yeah I'm <laughs> finally getting what I want. Just say that every week. I don't care. <laughs> Matt, you were the second closest. Where do you want to go? Well, I guess I'll get what I deserve. I'll go second. Okay, Vance, heads or tails? For you'll take last. Yeah, I like to double up. Yeah, so that's, that's bitch for I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. But I mean, hey, I, I like to double up. I don't, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> all right, all right. That, that's cool. That's cool. All right. Jeremy. First your land. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> right. All right, Jeremy, start us off. All right. Well, here's the thing, too. Quick, quick anecdote. In college, shout out to Craig Engstrom because I won a presentation in college for for a top five dinner guest party list, whatever you want to call it. But we had this bracket-style tournament, and I won, and I won a $25 Starbucks gift card. Shout-out to Craig Engstrom for holding it down. And so as someone who apparently knows how to pick a dinner guest, fictional dinner guest, to start things off, we are going with the one and only Seth Rogen. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a very good pick. So uh, for my uh, for my pick, my first pick, second overall, um, I don't like leftovers at Thanksgiving. Somebody can just if somebody can just clean that up and put it away, that'd be great. I'm gonna take Garfield along uh, to the Thanksgiving dinner because <laughs> he can eat all the you're leftovers. You're serving lasagna. You're serving lasagna for Thanksgiving. You know what? Not gonna lie, we did have lasagna one year. My mother wanted to make it, and we all enjoyed it. <laughs> Fuck yeah, lasagna! Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's good. My first pick. I'm gonna take someone that's gonna make me laugh the entire time. I'm gonna take Dave Chappelle. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm in, I'm inviting Dave Chappelle over for dinner. Some controversy too. You gotta love that. <laughs> It ain't a family. It ain't a family gathering if there ain't some controversy. He's gonna be like, "Oh, the stuffing." He's like, "Can I have some more stovetop stuffing?" <laughs> that almost sounded like Bill Cosby at first when you're talking about stuffing. Okay. I guess I just need to refresh. You said we can't take LeBron, right? LeBron has been taken. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Um. All right. Well, then, for my first one, I would probably, I'd probably go with Brad Underwood, the Illinois basketball coach. I like to pick his mind. I know that's not very fun for you guys. <laughs> Do you, Vance? Um, Do you? Hashtag never change. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the next one here, I would probably go kind of on the same path he was going there a little bit. 
but I would go with Chris Rock. You know, I mean, they're friends, him and Dave Chappelle, but I always like Chris Rock. He's pretty funny. Like you said, you know, make you laugh, have that entertainment quality. So, yeah, I mean, we'll round it out a little bit, a little sports, a little comedy. Okay, I like it. I like it. For my second pick here, I'm going to take probably one out of Jeremy's book. My second pick that I'm inviting to Thanksgiving, I am going to take Thanksgiving Rick. Thanksgiving Rick? Thanksgiving Rick will be at my table. Solid. Solid choice. I don't even know what that is. You should have gone with Doofus Rick though. Doofus Rick is one of the is one of the best Ricks. <laughs> maybe that's what I'll maybe that's the Bans. next Bans. That, that, Rick and Morty? You watch Rick and Morty? Oh, that's what you're talking about, Rick and Morty. Okay. Remind I'm, me, that'll like that'll, be, a, that'll be the next need the next the next Sneedler's list, I'll do top ten Ricks. That'd be good. Hold, hold me up to that, because I'll forget. Nope. So yeah, that, that. that would be good, but I am taking Thanksgiving Rick. He's coming over for dinner. Uh, for for my second pick, uh, I want him to, you know, like I want him to come to my dinner because he is a all around good guy and he's funny and maybe he can help me with my Donald Trump impression. <laughs> I'm going to take Jimmy Fallon from the Tonight Ooh. Show. Such Ooh. a terrible pick. That man's. Ooh. Fake Boo. news, Quentin. Fake news. Boo. Jimmy what? Fallon is so great. Yeah, I mean, believe, me, believe me, it's great. Boo. Boo. Yeah, I don't like him or Jimmy Kimmel. No, thank you. See, now, because it's democracy, that's three against one. You can't like Jimmy Fallon. See, there you go. Yeah. You got <laughs> only watch Conan. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You can no. only watch you can only watch David Spade's talk show. That's oh it. shit! <laughs> I'd rather watch Wayne's World. That was funny. Yeah, Matt, we're gonna sit you down and strap you in a chair and put on like the horse blinders on you, and you can only watch Trevor Noah. Actually, that guy's freaking hilarious. <laughs> oh, we're losing Quentin. <laughs> he's out. Like, he's not even frozen. He just up and left. Did we upset the poor boy? <laughs> all right jeremy you got glad, back to picks glad you could join us quentin um <laughs> so to join seth rogan and myself at our thanksgiving fictional table um first i will go with barack obama because <laughs> I'm, hey, go, no. I'm not a, i'm not a political guy but barack obama as a person he likes sports he like he keeps up with pop culture. He listens to a lot of hip hop. I respect his opinions on those things. <laughs> like I said, I'm not a political person. So Barack Obama as the person, he's oh, entertaining. Ex- I want Barack Obama. Hey, uh, hey, uh, Excuse me, Jeremy. Uh, can you uh, pass the gravy, please? Are you moving like a robot? <laughs> The gravy, <laughs> the gravy in the gravy boat, please. That the Jeremy, can you pass? robot Obama? Is that what you're doing right now? The gravy. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, uh, Sneed. Uh, at first, I uh, did not agree with your pick, but uh, given your points, I'm going to have to give it a uh, a solid ten. <laughs> well, thanks. Solid ten gravy boats. Thank you for the thank you for the terrible impersonations that nobody asked for. Um, hey, so actually, Seth that was Rogan. a great impression. Fuck you. 
<laughs> anyway, anyway, jo- joining oh my Seth, Ro- joining myself, oh Seth Rogen, and Barack Obama will oh. be Mr. Mike Trout. Okay. Mike Trout. For a reason? Do you want to know a reason? Because he's my favorite baseball player, and you got to think that people are going to want to talk sports. And so you got to have someone who's going to talk sports. And he's a very well-mannered guy. I'm sure Mike Trout's the kind of guy he'll probably try to offer to do the dishes afterwards. You got to be like, no, Mike Trout, you're a three-time MVP. You're not doing dishes. And he's like, no, seriously, man. Like, let me put the dishes away. And you're like, seriously, Mike, it's okay. He loves the Eagles. (laughs) Yeah, he's a big Eagles fan. (laughs) Cool. Going along with Sneed and Vance, uh, I'm going to have to pick somebody to talk about sports with. But it's not the sport that you guys are thinking of. It's not baseball or whatever else. It's Saluki Athletics. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Go dogs, man. Uh, I want to to talk to Mike Reese. I feel like that would be a a fun conversation. We did have an earlier conversation. Uh, Quentin was kind enough to let me sit in on that interview. But uh, uh, considering he's been to Centralia before, uh, I feel like we have some things in common. So talking uh, Saluki sports over some turkey and lasagna, that's my third pick. Oh, you're mixing them. Nice. Okay. Separate, Van. Separate. So my third invite, my third invite that's going to be going out I'm going to invite Ron Swanson to sit at my Thanksgiving table. I feel like the conversation would be very light, but open hearted and very stern. See Ron Swanson? Yes. Ron Swanson will be open hearted. What kind of parks and recreation did you watch? (laughs) It'd be cold hearted. (laughs) (laughs) Did we watch the same version of parks and recreation? (laughs) We watched the UK version. The director's cut. <laughs> well, they are. So Nick Offerman, obviously the guy who played Ron Swanson, they're actually producing uh, the bourbon that he drank on the show, like the fictional bourbon, the Lagavulin. They're actually going to make that. Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. So it's my pick now, right? Back to back. All right. Since we're allowed to take groups, I'm taking a group here. Um, all right. So I'm going to take the, the Belcher kids, the three kids together. From oh, Bob's from Burgers. Bob's Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> They're all funny in their own little way. And then I would need them to kind of ping off of each other. I mean, I don't know. Tina's kind of boring, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. All right. And then... My next pick, uh, I'm going to go back to sports, um, but this time I would probably go with, you know, Renteria now, like the White Sox coach. Huh. Try no to com- see. No comment. Oh, yeah, I mean, just because that's my team. You know, I, don't know. I mean, he can at least speak English. I don't know, a lot of the team wouldn't, so it's like it's, it's hard to pick a player. Like, no, 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 no. 
Moncada, that wouldn't work. I guess Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson would be a good. Choice. I didn't change my mind. Okay. Okay. I had to go down the barrel, but I'm like, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Tim Anderson's pretty fun now. Entertaining. My fourth invite to Thanksgiving is a good one because he's going to bring the rolls. He's going to bring the dinner rolls for us. I'm inviting the Pillsbury Doughboy. Isn't that a little? Uh, isn't that a little controversial? How? Because you got it, something against pudgy uh, well, bakers. Uh, isn't like the whole thing with? I don't. I don't know. Never mind. I think I'm off. I think I'm think. I don't know. Disregard. We might have to edit that out. Yeah, Disregard. I'm inviting the Pillsbury. You can leave it in. I don't give a damn. The Pillsbury Doughboy will be coming to my Thanksgiving dinner in his little white chef hat with a big plate of dinner rolls. I had a mental lapse where I thought I, where I thought he I thought he was like a roll. Like I, I for a second there, like I, I thought I remembered the commercials where like they ate him, but that's not true. So disregard. <laughs> Quentin just got scared. <laughs> oh no, you're thinking of you're thinking of what was the movie? It, it was some Pixar movie, and it was the little the little dumpling guy, and then they ate him. All oh, the little Pixar shorts or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that was an award winning like short. It? Yeah, it's called Bow. Yeah. Bow. Yeah. B A O. Yeah, that was a that was a cute clip, man. I like that. Bow. You saying pow? No, I'm saying bow. Pow pow. Like Koyashi. My uh. My, my fourth selection. Um, you know, you got to have a chef come into the kitchen in Thanksgiving. Okay. I'm not bringing him as a guest. No, he can be guest and chef. I'm sure you got to bring that. you got to bring Bobby Flay to the meal, man, because you don't have a meal unless you have Bobby Flay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cooking turkey and lasagna. My mom can do the lasagna, but I feel like Bobby Flay can beat the crap out of a turkey. I can only imagine. I can only imagine that these celebrity chefs probably get pissed around like the Thanksgiving holidays because either, either one like everyone's asking them to do all the cooking, or two they're probably if they're not doing the cooking, they're super judgmental over like whoever else cooks. <laughs> I'm sure since he's a guest and it's not his show. <laughs> he'll just enjoy the food, and if he has bad comments, he'll just tweet about it. And then you can always just challenge him to a cook-off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beat Bobby's play, home edition. God damn. I would lose. Amateur, My dad might win, though. Amateur home edition. <laughs> I just never oh, had man. turkey with chili powder before. That would be interesting to try. <laughs> Well, that always like that beat Bobby Flay show always cracks me up because he'll act like he's never heard of like the dish before. Like they'll be like, "We're making like dumplings," and Bobby Flay, will, oh, he'll tell the camera, "Oh my god, oh, I've <laughs> I've never made a dumpling in my life." And then like the entire half hour episode, he's making like the greatest dumpling ever made. And it's like, okay, guy, <laughs> dude. There was a couple times when he had no idea what he was doing. And then uh, he didn't even make it in the traditional sense, and he still yeah. won. I, yeah, it makes yeah. no sense. That's what he would do, probably. He'd be like, I'm going to make like an Italian dumpling, and we're going to put marinara sauce and mozzarella and prosciutto in this dumpling, and we're going to call it 
an Italian dumpling. Nah, bro, that's a pizza puff. That ain't a dumpling. You <laughs> <laughs> probably still win. <laughs> that's good. Like, that's good. I can just imagine that being in like the next beat Bobby Flay is him being, oh, I don't know how to make a dumpling, but I know how to make a pizza puff. I'll call it a dumpling. You should try out for that and try to be him with a pizza puff, dude. That'd be great. Just, or I'll just make up some food that's, like, never been created and just be like, yeah, this is my specialty. And be like, oh, my God, I've never even heard of that before. Or like, <laughs> shut up, Bobby Flay. <laughs> um, so so now, so my last two picks, joining myself, Seth Rogen, Barack Obama, and Mike Trout. We need some philosophy in here. I like space. So does this guy. And I like talking about space. And so does this guy. I'm going with Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's ex- that's exactly who I thought of as soon as he gave that description. <laughs> also, he also he did a feature on Logic's album, which I thought was awesome. So that's another reason why I'm a fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson. So we're throwing him in to the Thanksgiving dinner uh, thing. Because also, you got to think, how are these people going to interact with each other? You have super smart p- people like Seth Rogen, Barack Obama, and now Neil deGrasse Tyson. Imagine the conversations those people would have terrific conversation anyway rounding things off joining seth rogan obama mike trout neil degrasse tyson i'm throwing in my guy machine gun kelly he's a musician he's an actor he's crazy and there has to be that crazy person at any any gathering but also he can talk sports with Mike Trout, he can talk acting with Seth Rogen. He can talk drugs with Obama. So he can do it all. And so there's that's my five: Rogen, Obama, Trout, DeGrasse Tyson, MGK. At me, at Sneedjer. If you have any issues. No issues here, Sneed. Your team's your team. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. So for my for my last pick, it's going to be on a serious note, man. Um, no funny business here. Um, in September, we, uh, we, uh, in September, we lost somebody kind of immediately. Nobody expected it. Uh, so we would like to bring him back for at least one last meal. Uh, I would like to bring my, uh, my late father-in-law back into the, uh, back to the table to enjoy some uh, to enjoy some turkey, and to uh, talk about uh, Jimmy Fallon and stuff. So we'll absolutely uh, yeah we'll bring him back because uh, God damn nobody nobody saw it coming not even him. So that's my that's my team that's top five. Solid. That's a solid top five. Yeah. To end out my list though, I have no idea who I'm gonna bring. I have a couple people on my mind, but you I don't. Bring me. You can bring me. I'm I'm available. <laughs> Fine. I didn't want to go anyway. It's okay. If someone cancels, you know. <laughs> but to end out my starting five invites for Thanksgiving, I want to smell what he's cooking. I already took <laughs> Bobby Flay. You got you got to pick another. one. I'm bringing Dwayne Johnson. That's a rock solid pick. Ha. He'll probably eat the whole table because that's like his, just his first meal of the day. 
Including the table? He'll eat the table, too? Yeah. <laughs> but he has to show up in the black turtleneck and chain. All right. Vance, are you alive? Um, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm like, I was thinking for a second. I'm like, I don't know which way I wanted to go. Okay. But yeah, for my last one here... Um, you know, I've always just kind of thought he was funny. You know, another kind of comedy guy just would take, uh, you know, bring Will Ferrell and have a little comedy. He also owns a sports team, so he could talk a little. He owns a sports team. He own, yeah, he owns. He's soccer. like he's part owner of the of a soccer team. Oh wow! The yeah, uh, LAFC. Uh, yeah, yeah, the newer one. Yeah, that's awesome. The black and gold. Part owner. I mean, I shouldn't say it's all him. I mean, it's like... Yeah, part owner. Yeah, Yeah, I I said that wrong. I'm like, hold on. As I think about it, like, well, that's a whole different realm. He owns the whole ass team? (laughs) Yeah. Like like I said, he's an owner, yeah. But yeah. So that rounds out our starting fives. Are there any people that didn't... People or characters that did not make anybody's list any bench players for thanksgiving shout out to the late great john candy yeah that's a good one that's a very good one michael scott michael scott would have been a very good one yes damn yeah i should have put that like i was blanking damn yeah i I was almost gonna do that earlier and then i'm like uh bill bill murray yeah bill Bill fucking murray because if you think about it, if any of these celebrities had the t- potential of showing up to your Thanksgiving dinner, it would be Bill Murray. The man has made mysterious appearances all across the U.S. So if anyone was actually going to show up at your Thanksgiving dinner party, it could be Bill Murray. Yeah. Yeah. You know how with Steve said a crazy guy, you could go with the John Ralphio from Parks and Rec. I like that <laughs> a lot. He's funny as hell. Absolutely. <laughs> That was my favorite characters, but you know, like kind of underrated character. John Ralphio was the best. <laughs> yeah, and then his sister was the best too when his sister came through. Yeah. If you bring Michael Scott, you gotta have Dwight Schrute too. Dwight. Well, yeah, and that's how they almost all kind of have to go together, like Dwight and Jim, like that'd be funny. Exactly. Jim prank. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, bring Jim along too. I want to see what funny shit happens. <laughs> yeah, like I would definitely just be like prank him all day, and I'm gonna laugh my ass off. Like I could do this for eight hours easily. The guy who I would invite would probably have to be Paul Rudd, because hey, yes. who would have thought? Not <laughs> me. Not me. <laughs> Goddamn. All right, that's a perfect way to end the starting five and to end the show. Matt, get us out of here. All right, you were listening to Section 312 just now, um, in case you didn't know that. Um, you can find us on social media if you want to continue the conversation. Uh, Section 312 Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes, it is all the same. We made it easy for you guys. You can check out our website too, section312.com. You can check out merch and listen to our episodes. And... Uh, while you're on the web, uh, while you're on the internet browser, you can check out nwsn.net. 
that is for our affiliate, Midwest Sports Network. They also host podcasts from other markets and post some news stories. Go ahead and check it out. And uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's, what I'm looking at. <laughs> That's so funny. Just wait, there's more. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, guys, that wraps up this week for Section 312. We are actually taking a short vacation next week. It is Thanksgiving. We are all spending time with our families. We hope that you guys all have a good time with your families. Black Friday, shop till you drop. And we'll be back to recap it the first week of December, talking all things Thanksgiving, how full we got, whatever we bought. And we're going to look forward to Christmas. And to start it off for you guys, when we come back, it will be the starting five gifts you never received as a child. Okay. I got a couple. <laughs> yeah. See, it's a good one. Yeah. It's a good ass one. Until next time, this is section three, one, two. Mm-hmm.